Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy. Joined again this week by Rory Walsh and Kieran Collins. How are things, lads? Good, Mark. Good yeah, great, yeah. Another weekend. Uh, back to the National Hurling League action. I suppose this week we'll focus in on the Fitzgibbon Cup final. Last week's episode, we looked at the Fitzgibbon Cup semi-finals, immediate reaction after those games. So we'll have a look at University of Limerick's fantastic win over University of Galway. We'll also look at the Croke Cup quarterfinals. We're down for decision last week. Uh, St. Cairns and Turles merging victorious. So we'll get the lads' reaction there. And also, National Hurling League is back. So we'll focus in on 1A, 1B and 2A. So lads, we we'll, might start with the Fitzgibbon Cup final. Down in Waterford. Uh, Karen, you're at it. Uh, I suppose overriding impressions of that UL performance. The Mikey Kiley show was probably the sideshow from it, but I think from UL's point of view, they were, you know, from the very start, playing into the wind, they were just, you know, far superior to University of Galway. I think the games, probably Galway were, you know, the, the early penalty save, I suppose everything went against them from that. Again, Dean Mason carrying on from his semi final heroics, uh, great save for the penalty. And from that, you know, it all went UL's way. Uh, really impressed with Adam English, especially early on. He created the first goal and tacked on a point or two. But I think for the first 15, 20 minutes, it was just all UL, and the damage was done at that stage. Uh, University of Galway did get their purple patch, and I suppose their first point from play was on 15 minutes. And so from then on, they were, they were in control. And to be fair, it was. Uh, Brian O'Mara point and then another goal from Mikey Kiley just it really stopped the rot and uh, put them back in position. I think they were seven points up at, at half time. From there on, I think it just went from bad to worse for Galway. I think the shot selection was poor. Evan Island, who you'd associate with, you know, as a very good free taker, he missed a lot of frees. Uh, some that were very, very shootable, like, you know, with the wind in the first half, just not had the races that day from. It just, I suppose, Mikey Kiley, what can you say? He's just, he's a ball winner, but he's also a super, super finisher. And I think Dave Fitzgerald will be licking his lips uh, watching his performance the weekend. He'd be just planked on the square for every champion of games that's to come because, you know, he, once he gets the ball in the hand, he's just a uh, lethal finisher. But look, from a point for looking at, at UL as a, as a whole, they're an unbelievable team, stars all over in each line. One player, I think, Rory, you touched him there a week or two ago. Brian O'Mara just really stood out. He's just class. He's so comfortable on the ball. He's just so, it's like it's nearly lackadaisical. He's just, you know, he doesn't rush, but he, he does everything right. He makes the right pass. Uh, interception just seems to be there all the time. And you can just see this guy, he'll be, for me, I think he's going to be a future Tipperary captain. He's just, he looks the, the full package. I suppose from a, a neutral point of view, the game was a, a poor game for a final. But, you know, I don't think you're going to give out about that. The game was closer last year, but there was there was no competition this year. Yeah, Karen Rory, we'll get you in here. I mean, UL had set out at the start of the season here to retain Fitzgibbon Cup, something they hadn't done previously. Magnificent achievement, I suppose. What was your reaction to the performance here in this final? Yeah, very good performance. They came charging out of the blocks and got that early lead. And then there was that moment in the first half where, as Karen alluded to, the Galway came back at them. And I think it was at 2-8 to 10 points. And that was the third goal that was the killer. Um, uh, after Galway putting all that energy into closing the gap um, um, Brian Concanon coming into it a bit for them and they, it seemed like there was a bit of momentum with them if Galway had got a goal at that stage we might have had a, a tighter second half but that get goal just before half time kind of really sealed the deal 
Um, Mikey Kiley, of course, getting the four-one, and you're just wondering with um, with Waterford and Davies' traditional style of play, are Waterford going to go along, which suits him, and uh, which suits Mikey Kiley, or are they going to, you know, play through the lines and over and back a bit, and maybe, you know, the possession type game? Because even with, with Wexford, um, where you had like Lee Chain and McDonald, um, Davy rarely, I think it was a, a, as a plan B against uh, Clare a couple years, he threw them both inside in the full forward line. Uh, kind of as a last minute thing and that's when Wexford looked most dangerous when they went long and direct so look it's just a wonder um, will Mikey Kiley be does he suit Waterford's game we'll see later on but having Rogers next to him as well like um, for for a guy who's not the tallest Rogers is very good in the air too and very good hands so they worked well as a pair in inside and what was noticeable was they stayed quite close to each other so if the ball broke off one the other lad was there to pick it up Often with a two-man full forward line, you're kind of looking for them to split up and, you know, cover the whole length of the 21. But the two boys worked very closely off each other inside, and uh, that really worked well. Um, yeah, look, it's funny from a goal point of view. Last year's final, epic, and it was a Mikey Kiley goal at the death that kind of swung at UL's way, uh, maybe against the run of play that day. And we had the famous uh, Keen Lynch red card. It shouldn't have been a red card and everything in a, a tight game full of, you know, I suppose uh, headlines and moments, whereas this game, like, from after about 10 minutes, it, it looked like UL were on the way. We said there was a slight wobble, but, like, you know, uh, it, for a Fitzgibbon Cup final, UL won't complain, but I suppose for uh, viewers and Kieran, the likes of yourself, you're probably hoping for uh, one that will go right on the wire like the previous year. I think the neutral would have looked for that, but we've talked about the University of Limerick and the Hurling programme at length here in this podcast, even last year. I mean, the freshers from last year, an incredible group and that's now integrating into the senior Fitzgibbon Cup side so you know for other colleges I mean University of Limerick are there to be shot at and it's going to take a good shot to probably beat them next year as well I suppose to get back to performances here from a University of Limerick perspective Adam English and Giroud O'Connor uh, also stood out here uh, Rory as well I mean Adam English he's movement off the ball he was creating an awful lot of assists here and also Gerald Connor as well, from I'd say a Liam Cahill perspective, you know, nice headache to have here because Gerald O'Connor stepping up at nine points, seven from pre- freeze, one from 65. So again, an awful lot of positives here for a few intercounty managers here, uh, particularly with Adam English and Gerald O'Connor. Yeah, Adam English looks. Um, I was talking about him early last year as one to watch because, uh, but I suppose for the Liberty Twenties last year, he probably, I know he got an outstanding goal against Tipperary, but people were expecting a bit more of him considering he was, you know, on the fringes of the senior team. And maybe he didn't stand out as much people uh, thought, but like we're talking about a guy who was freshly thrown in, still a first year in college, thrown into the Limerick senior setup with all the kind of stars around him. And it might take a bit of adjustment. And then it's often hard for a guy in that situation then because there's a lot more expected of them when they're playing at their own age group because they're up and it can, it can be a, a lot more pressure that way but I just thought like this year in the Fitzgibbon he looks electric again he's hands brilliant hands uh, striking as well off his right side got a couple of outstanding scores um, coming up the far sideline um, so yeah look he, serious talent and they just had scores there like uh, Garota Connor as well and then they have a mix of forwards as well Sean Toomey's a different type of forward um, ball winner mixes it up a bit you know so uh, I think for a forward line to be successful, you have to have uh, different types of players in there. And again, we spoke about Cork last week and how, um, you know, the likes of uh, Dalton and Sean Toomey do offer a different option and um, it may, maybe a different headache for defenders. But again, like you're talking about the UL conveyor belt tonight, they just won the fresher two All-Ireland again for the second year in a row. 
um, beating UCC below. Uh, Bridgeman, David Kennedy, man of the match with 2-8. Uh, he was on the Art Skull team to win the All-Ireland Party last year. So um, it just kind of shows you, I suppose, in, in a lot of um, colleges, a lad that, you know, All-Ireland Harty, or sorry, the All-Ireland uh, Colleges winner with Art Skull Reach last year. You expect him to like walk onto a fresher one team, but the standard is inside is pretty tough. So uh, even at the moment, uh, getting onto a fresher two team is a, is a given like... Uh, Jeremy Hannafy played fresher two last year at UL and he was coming around in the Fitzgibbon Cup final. So it just kind of shows the uh, that there isn't that much of a gap between fresher one and two team. And fresher one team were in the All-Ireland final again. They beat DCU last night, last minute goal. So, um, yeah, dare I say it, but there could be a you know back-to-back in both All-Ireland, so, which would be some achievement. But um, I'm sure uh, finals are not easily won at that grade. So, yeah, it'd be another big step. But it just shows that, you know, when this team goes, there is that conveyor belt is still there. And... Uh, it is important, I think, that every year that there are guys who have just left the fresher grade pushing in and bringing, you know, bringing the standards up again and and the competition-wise, um, making it tough. And some of the guys that maybe had a jersey this year to show, well, you're gonna have to fight to hold on onto it for the next season. I think to mark with um with Adam English, just from from my perspective, I think last year watching him closely, he kind of had a habit of kind of coming being in and out of games, you know, um, and look. I'm not being critical anyway, and I, I think for the last two games he played for Limerick, he was, I thought he was exceptional for a young guy. But I, I thought like he, he was lively in the first 10, 15 minutes in the final last week. But I thought he went out of the game then, and as I said, I'm not being critical because like these players have had a hard few weeks going between playing for Skibbon and playing inter-county and obviously training a Poland as well. Um, so just hope it's not a trend that, you know, that, that is in him that he co- comes in and out of games because... Looking at it, like he has all his, his skills, his strength now. Tell that as well. He's really built up in the last year. He does look to, you know, he does look like a very, very good player. But just, I'm still have question marks over that. Just that they, they can be in the game for seventy minutes. Yeah, and bear in mind he's still under twenty again this year. So, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that point. Like he, that's the thing, and that, I suppose that's where he'll really put pressure on John Kiley is when he starts giving seventy minute performances because yeah, that was definitely a factor last year. Yeah, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there, Rory, because he's going back into that Limerick senior camp now. Training's going to be up, intensity up. So I think that in and out of games, John Cloudy will be the first one to probably call Adam English aside on that. But I think it's an outstanding talent for Limerick and uh, also for Tipperary as well, with Giro O'Connor, and particularly Brian O'Mara as well, guys. You're kind of looking in terms of Tipperary right now. Who is that halfback? I mean, you've Ron O'Mara there, but geez. Guys, I mean, Brian O'Mara here is ticking an awful lot of boxes for me in terms of maybe a championship, first championship uh, game uh, from uh, Tipperary in Munster. O'Mara kind of looks to me as the de facto six here. Yeah, and and, and uh, an interesting thing was he was captain of the Fitzgibbon team last year as well, you know, and usually that's an honour given to a final year. So it just showed that uh, Brian Ryan spotted like leadership quality straight away in him. And you can kind of see that in his performances on the pitch. He's very calm and what he does... Uh, Positioning wise, excellent. And you can just see if you were Liam Cahill, you'd be thinking this lad is, you know, definitely worth having a look at straight away at six, even to jump straight in there. Like last year, he would have been playing only he, he went traveling. And in a way, we spoke about how things were unlucky for Bonner last year with all the injuries and like have, not having Brian O'Mara at his disposal as well. Um, you know, it's it's a talent that he probably couldn't have afforded to do without last year. And um so look, we tip this year. There are promising signs. Again, we'll get onto probably later with their injuries at, at the moment. But uh, Brian Amara at six, definite positive, and Garoda Connor as well. Although 
it's going to be harder for Garoda, I think, to push into that tip forward line now with Jason Ford and the McGraths, but, you know, back to full health as well. And um, might be a bit harder for him to push into a starting team there. But like Brian Amara is surely going to be straight in there for Cahill. I think the Rory with Garoda Connor, he's a big, big man. You know, he's going to he's gonna bring a, a physicality with him that maybe other forwards don't have. And I think that alone, especially in today's game, would be a huge uh, plus factor for him. But, you know, he was really impressive and lovely striker of the ball. And, you know, obviously good problems for Liam Carroll to have. But, yeah, I think he won't be far off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Karen from a University of Galway, bitterly disappointing. Jeffrey Linsky alluded to it post-game, but I suppose can have a few complaints. I suppose if Henry Shefflin's looking in here, the University of Galway, predominantly Galway-based players, anyone stand up for you on the final uh, last weekend? I suppose if you're looking, yeah, I think Colin Cannon came into that game. I think that 15-minute patch in the first half where Galway had turned the screw, you know, they, they had pressure on you, Al, and I think that only for O'Mara's point and Kylie's goal, you know, it could have been a lot closer at halftime, and you know they were they were starting to gain confidence and and you could you could sense it you know it was the the pressure was coming on you well for a few minutes but you know I think it was a very labour display I think like they heavily relied on Ireland all year especially for from um for free taking and I suppose he didn't perform you know he, he three frees hit five points in total but uh, I think as a whole like he he missed a lot of frees that you would you'd expect him to slot over and I think. If Galway were to have any chance of beating this UL team, 21 wides over the whole game, you know, the, you, you won't win a Fitzgibbon with 21 wides like that, especially against the, the opposition we're playing against. But one thing I do, I know that, um, I don't, I don't want to make a, a deal of it, but I think there was kind of like a, and John Kiley made this point before and he quickly retracted it, but it was simulation. I found like the, the attitudes from a Galway team as a whole, they were, kind of onto the referee different stages over maybe like a potential throwing ball or if they thought it was a free awarded like the it wasn't just one or two players it was you know five six seven players around that around that area i just think you didn't see that with ul ul did this kilometer game they they weren't arguing and maybe that's the position Galway because they were so far behind so early on i suppose might have been frustration but i just found himself like, like trying to win freeze and you know it was just a I don't know, is, this, is it something in Galway or is it something just, you know, on the day? But it was very noticeable from, from a neutral point of view. Never really like to see that. I'm kind of probably pinning it down to more frustration here. Karen, uh, again, game had been blown wide open after 10, 11 minutes. They were playing catch-up hurling really here. But yeah, it's a good point that you raised there anyway. Then it's be a worry if it's kind of going to creep in here in the hurling league games and particularly come championship. Congratulations to University of Limerick. I mean, magnificent achievement. Brian Ryan done an incredible job at University of Limerick here. There was pressure on to retain and they have that monkey off the back now. So, wholehearted congratulations from all of us here on the podcast. And uh, yeah, going to be a very tough team to beat next year. I suppose, guys, we can move on to secondary schools. Uh, the Quoke Cup has reached the All-Ireland Series stage. Uh, quarterfinals held last week. We had St. Kieran's in against St. Raphael's of Loch Ray and Tura CBS facing Colostro Own of Dublin, uh, who have come in, given that the, the Offaly Amalgamation schools uh, were ineligible for the All-Ireland Series. I suppose, Kieran, any immediate reactions here to St. Kieran's and Tura CBS's win? Yeah, I think the Kieran's were, were back at a bang. I, 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 I probably have a feeling that they left the, 
you know, the Leinster title behind them and uh, up against Castle next Saturday, I think they're, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. Uh, they're always there, thereabouts, but 228, some scoring, obviously give Lockray a, a hiding, you know, no other way of putting it. Yeah, it's hardest day. Two early goals, and I think they kind of sat in that cushion um, most of the game. I think Colossal one pushed them a few times, and they had it down to three points, and they kind of, our Turles CBS has did enough to, to see it out. So, Cashel against St. Kieran's and presentation, or the Prez College at Nry against Turles Saturday week, doubleheader in Burr. I think you could do a lot worse, you know. I've been going to that, obviously, I expect two quality games. Will the Hoodoo have win the Hearty, you know? Come back to, to buy Cashel again against Kieran's. This was remains to be seen, but I guess if you're from Tipperary, you're looking with a smile on your face, seeing two teams in the last four, which is a uh, obviously you know a sign of the good things that may come from. And obviously we, we all know they had a very good minor team last year, which we're probably lads we're seeing now. But yeah, I suppose it remains to see if um, if Cashel can break that hoodoo of the Hearty winners and and go on and beat Kieran's to go to the final. Obviously, Karen Rory, you get yourself in here. Reaction, I suppose, and Karen's had a point to prove after losing the Leinster final. Certainly produced it with that 228 uh, score and performance in McDonough Park, Nina. And also, Turtle CBS, as uh, Karen's rightly pointed out, you know, did enough. But I suppose, given that you have Atten Roy and that other side of the draw here, Turtle CBS definitely will have to up their performance uh, next weekend. Yeah, it's set up for two rip-roaring semi-finals now, isn't it, with Tarlis Athenry and uh, Cashel and Kieran's. Just kind of brings you back to last year a small bit as well, where Tolo had won Hearty for the first time, and we're going in against Kieran's in All Ireland semi-final. And you're, um, there is that, like I suppose it becomes a huge occasion for a school that have never been All Ireland semi-final, whereas Kieran's it's just uh, something that they're used to and it's almost expected of them there. And I suppose Cashel now have been warned with the performance Kieran's put up the last. Uh, so they're under no illusions as to what they're going to face in the semi-final. And maybe being forewarned like this might give them a better chance than if uh, um, Kieran's hadn't been so impressive in the quarter-final and kind of scraped over the line. Um, but now Cashin are fully aware of what it's going to take to be Kieran's in the Ireland semi-final. And then the other side as well, like um, like Athen Rye, we've heard a good bit about Athen Rye this year, and uh, that's set up to be a, a cracking one as well. Like, are we going to have an all-tip at Ireland College's final for the first time ever? Um, that would be... Uh, you know, after winning the All-Ireland minor last year, it'd be another sign of the resurgence of tip underage. So, yeah, look, an interesting one as well. But again, to to get over Athenry and Kieran's would be no mean feat. And as Kieran said, look, uh, what a double header that will be like. And, uh, you know, I hope it gets the attendance and, and coverage it deserves as well. Absolutely, because I think uh, for Tour CBS, it's going to be a formidable challenge against Atten Roy, uh, particularly when you consider the backbone of this team is really built on Atten Roy and also Claren Bridge, who have been a superb conveyor belt of underage talent within Go in the last few years. I believe Aaron Island is in school in Atten Roy, so you throw a guy of that stature into it. I think Turtle CBS will have a, an awful lot to kind of work on here, but I suppose it'll be a fantastic weekend. It's great to see a double header as well in Burr next weekend. And as you say, you will maybe provide a bit of a preview uh, beforehand and hopefully media coverage will be doing just service uh, to both those semi-finals. But uh, commiserations, uh, St. Raphael's of Lockray and also Cloche to Owen as well. I suppose, guys, we'll move away from the secondary schools 
and then international hurling league uh, guys probably was a it was a quiet weekend last weekend with the bye week uh, but uh, we're back with a bang uh, this week so I suppose guys looking at the fixtures uh, this weekend in 1A we've Cork entertaining Westmead Wexford playing Clare Galway versus Limerick in 1B we've Dublin versus Tip Waterford entertaining Antrim and Walsh Park and Leash playing Kilkenny in the local derby in O'Moore Park. And then 2A, Kerry entertaining Offaly on Saturday, Derry versus Kildare, and Carlo versus Down. I suppose we can start with 1A first, guys. Uh, Wexford versus Clare. Kieran, uh, this is looking like one of the games of the weekend here. Two teams with a bit to prove. Yeah, I think <clears throat> to date, I suppose both teams have uninspiring leagues, I suppose, really. Both going to Westmead and uh, losing the other game they've played. I think... Even though Wexford won by 13 points, you're kind of coming away feeling that they underperformed. There was more negatives than positives. I think one of them being the white count. I think that's something that Derry going to be definitely looking to address this weekend. Um, delaying the pass, you know, breaking tackles just to put themselves in better scoring positions because, um, you know, 20, was it 19, 20 wide last weekend? You know, it's just not good enough for this level. Like Wexford are a team of Passion and pride, you know, but that'll only get them so far, you know. I think, you know, to win, I suppose, a Leinster title is probably what's, you know, in their in their sights for this year. Passion and pride isn't going to win you a Leinster title, you know. So, I think they they have a lot of work to do. Um, they're going to have to stick with the young guns, the the fringe players, because you know Rory O'Connor is not going to feature, Lee Chin's not going to feature. So, I think for you know, for the for the longer game, I think it's it's no harm that he he kind of has to stick with these guys and uh, get them game experience against you know teams like Clare. They're going to be facing Cork and Limerick in the next two games as well, so they're going to have three stiff tests to see out the league. I think from the league perspective, you know, they're they're not going to progress. You know, you'd imagine to to the final stage. So I think they should use it to their to their advantage and to you know experiment and. And give certain lads a go. I think Ross Bamble will be one of these guys. We all know he's a very good free taker, and just I think give him a chance. You know, maybe experiment at the back a little. I think there's question marks over cover. You know, obviously last week we saw Liam Ryan was out injured, and I just struggle to see how Damien Reck uh, is the best. You know, player in that position. He's offered you so much going forward. You know, are you you're, you're stifling him by putting him in there? So I think there'll be a lot of questions and. For Darry Egan, and you know, obviously, two week break. I'm sure all teams, all um, uh, counties will have done a huge training blocks in the last two weeks. It's kind of this is the time to, to put into practice. I think for Clare, uh, again, they'll be looking for improvements. Um, I'm sure Lowen will be, first of all, we look for performance, you know, more intensity, work rate, maybe see players that haven't featured coming back in. You know, we're kind of midpoint now of the league, and you're, you know, you're gonna, players like. Shane O'Donnell, you know, Tony Kelly, maybe we won't see him back in. Wexford's a hard place to go, uh, regardless how poor Wexford might be playing at the minute. But it's still not, it's, it's a hard place to go and get a result. And I think for Lowen, I think, uh, I imagine performance will be will be key. I do think Kildare will be strong enough, but I suppose it all depends on the intensity they bring. It has to be tenfold from what they, they brought to the Gaelic grounds last week. Yeah, Rory, bring in here in terms of Clare. Mm-hmm. performance against Limerick kind of fell below what we'd expected in terms of intensity but I suppose going into this game against Wexford what do you expect here in terms of team selection do you expect the likes of Tony Kelly's Shane O'Donnell's to feature at some point 
Yeah, look, first of all, for two counties at opposite sides of the country, they've met an awful lot in recent years and uh, a bit of a rivalry has built up there and we had the situation of the close contacts there in Ennis there a couple of years ago, which I'm sure Lohan hasn't forgotten. And I would say when the fixtures came out and if you were looking at it as a manager and kind of looking at maybe players like Shane O'Donnell, Tony Kelly, John Conlon, you're probably saying let's ease them into this and look for that week after the gap where you're down in Wexford and that's where I reckon that this is the week where Clare will kind of go strong. Um, you alluded to last week's performance against Limerick, but Clare that last, remember, Clare played uh, Cork down in Parky Cueve in one of the early rounds of the league and it was a very similar performance to what they've put up in the Gaelic round. So I think uh, Lohan is picking and choosing games, um, which is probably maybe a clever strategy with Munster Championship being around Robin, as we all know, and we saw what happened teams last year that went tried to go strong for the whole league. And I, I would imagine this is one game that he would have targeted. And we, uh, as Kieran said, are we going to see these guys back in? I reckon we will. Um, you have to get your, at some stage, you have to kind of get your spine of your team in there together. So with um, three games left in the group and two home games to follow up in Ennis, like this is probably the one where you're, it's your last away match um, chance to go down there to Wexford against the team that they, you know, for numerous reasons in recent times as we said there's been uh, you know they've come across each other an awful lot as well like in the last three or four all Ireland championships they seem to have met each other even in the COVID years they met each other in qualifier or in the qualifier stage yeah um so look there is a bit of bad blood there and uh yeah I think Claire are going to go down with strong team and we'll see a, a big difference in intensity this weekend suppose we can switch to Pierce Stadium uh Galway versus Limerick on Sunday at 2.30 again it seems to be, from a Galway perspective, honing in on this Limerick fixture since the start of the year. I'm expecting a pretty strong performance here, Karen from Galway. I'd imagine Limerick will be bringing a few more of the big guns out uh, against Galway on Sunday. Yeah, I think this is the stage now where, where management will be reintroducing players, uh, maybe a, a drip feed format, but I, I expect to see players we haven't seen so far in the championship. I think for Galway's point of view, like if you're, look, if you're Shefflin, you're looking at what, five, six, seven players that would have played Fitzgibbon all the way through to the final? Like, you know, is it, will he give them a break? Um, they've had a, a tough few weeks, you know, for the last few weeks. I think they probably would be deserving of a break. Um, and Kyle as well, you know, for the likes of Adam English and, and Colin Coughlin, who, again, who've been on similar roads, you know, I think they're they're guys who probably would deserve a break. When you talk about Wexford and Clare having played each other a lot in the last few years, you could probably say the same about Limerick and Galway. The two teams that are probably... Similar in stature, you know, when people talk about all our favourites the last few years, okay, Limerick have been up there, but Galway are, are, are close second most years. And of all the teams Limerick have played in the last few years, Galway have been the team that have been closest, you know, and last year's semi-final being the, the last game of that. I think these teams, they know each other well. Don't know when they want to give away too much to each other at this stage. We both know. I think you're probably safe to say now that both managements have used the league as a, a form of of giving game time to younger players. Don't think they're going out targeting a, a league win. I think, yeah, you'd expect, I expect to see more first team players, I suppose, coming back in. But you'll, see, you'll still have, I think, for a military point of view, you'll still have, uh, you know, fringe players getting their tests, maybe one in each line. Yeah, I, I think, as I said, it, I expect a lot, a lot of the teams would have had a lot of training in the last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what intensity is brought to this game. Rory, yeah. Uh... What's your viewpoint in terms of Galway here? 
chance being based up here is that they'll probably give this a right rattle against Limerick and maybe repeat a statement of intent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, even last year when they came down to the Gaelic grounds, uh, Galway, like Shefflin, wanted to make a statement, I think, and we ended up with, well, it was a pretty good, it was a Saturday night game, if we remember correctly. Yeah. It was one the road, Hegarty got the red card, and there was a lot of moments in it, but Galway brought it in intensity and physicality to that game that they didn't really bring to any other league match. And look, does that stand you when you meet again in the championship? I think it does. Like, the players then have a memory of we were able to stand up to them, even albeit a league game, but, um, and I think it's kind of the, Maybe a Kilkenny way as well that you, when you're playing the best teams, you, you know, give them a rattle and see where you are. So I reckon Galway are going to, you know, target this game. And the only thing, as Kieran said, is like it's just the miles, the recent miles on the clock for a lot of the Fitzgibbon players has to be handled by Shefflin and the SNC team. The last thing they want to do here is put out a guy, you know, at risk of injury due to a heavy load of games over the last month. So that has to be handled as well. But I'm sure he'll still be able to put out a, a, a really strong 15. And um, yeah, again, uh, it's probably looking at Wexford, Clare, Galway and uh, Limerick, they're probably going to be the two big ones in this round where we know that uh, probably all four teams involved in those fixtures are going to be having a rattle at it. So yeah, it's looking like a good weekend here, especially in terms of, of the few high profile games. Yeah, expecting a big crowd in Salt Hill on Sunday and I mean, you should be expecting like some Martin McManus again. He was very prominent for Galway against Cork, scoring the one three. Connor Whelan's positioning as well, I think, might be yeah. a fascinating watch. I think he still will be mm-hmm. being asked to rove a bit, but more so inside in the insightful forward line, along with Brian Cannon. So, I think all in all, I think it's probably a fascinating watch here, uh, just to see some of the St Thomas guys probably integrating back in here. Dolly Burke still, I think, a few weeks away from full fitness, so. Gerald McInerney probably patrolling the square for Galway. So, I think Mark, one thing Shefflin needs to work on is just getting the balance of that forward line right. Yeah. It just look like even bringing Connor Wheeler out, you're kind of going, why are you bringing out one of the most dangerous inside players? Um, I look, I suppose things are worth having a look at, but you're just wondering what's going on there in Shefflin's mind. Is he kind of worried about half forward line, and he's already looking at other options there? Because I just felt like uh, sometimes that balance even looks looks a bit off. Even against Limerick last year, you were relying on. Tom Monaghan having a massive game wing forward, hitting four or five points from play. And then other players didn't really step up at all in it. Um, so just like they, they just seem to be a forward line that kind of where two or three fire, two or three misfire. And it just seems to be in a habit of the last few years. And it's probably the last key. And as Kieran said, like Galway are, are very close. They're not far away at all. Um, to level with Limerick going into injury time last year. It's just that small little percentages, as they say. And that's one thing I think where Galway just have to get that balancing the forward line right and just be 100% sure he's got the best forwards in the best positions. Um, I'm still not sure does, does Shefflin feel that he knows his actual six best forwards in their six best positions because with all the tinkering that's gone on, it's just something yet that I think that, like with Limerick, you could name, if everyone is fit, you can name very closely the five or six forwards and where they'll be playing for Limerick. And it's just a settled thing. And I know a lot of teams strive for that. But like I just think if, if, you were, if Galway were to play an Ireland Championship tomorrow, you might name four of the six forwards, but like where they'd be playing is, you know what I mean? It's 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 hard to nail down. Like, and that's probably what Shefflin is going to try and get nailed down between now and the end of the league. And no better place to start than against Limerick and Salt Hill. I agree, Absolutely. Rory, but I agree. But I think, yeah, like Galway forwards are probably some of the best in the country. But I do think that there's a reliance as well on uh, Connor Whelan. I think he makes the whole forward line tick. And I think for, for me, I think if he wasn't there, you know, be an injury, I don't think you'd see the same potency from him. You know, I think everything good about Galway goes through Conor Whelan for me. 
I do. I agree with you there, uh, Kieran, wholeheartedly. Uh, I think from a Galway perspe- uh, perspective, there has been a blow in terms of Oshin Salmon, the Clarenbridge club man, is facing a lengthy spell out with a shoulder injury that he actually sustained in the Fitzgibbon Cup final. When you take into account Cahill Mannion going off with a recurrence of that hamstring injury in the latter stages of the Cork game, unlikely to feature, but I think the St. Thomas's guys, as I alluded to, are coming back. So I think Connor Cooney, maybe for Connor Whelan, maybe Shefflin's evaluating options, particularly at the half forward. Uh, position because I think all indications is Connor Cooney is ready to go for this Sunday, along with Finton Burke and David Burke and Aina Burke as well. So, um, so look, it's going to be fascinating watch here in Galway and uh, a big crowd travelling from Limerick uh, to the game as well. So it should be a cracking atmosphere in Salt Hill. Uh, so best of luck with parking in Salt Hill on a Sunday. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, advice is if you've already been park at the city and walk in, you 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 won't regret it after the game. That's yeah, because it, it's traffic chaos here at the moment. Anyway, what the Martin roundabout is completely closed from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. for any Limerick fans that are coming back for your and more. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah, it'll be a busy, busy time here on Sunday. So, look, looking forward to it immensely. I suppose the Cork Westmead game. I'd imagine here, Pat Ryan, there will be a, a, an element of maybe rotation here, Rory Wilder, uh, yeah, against Westmead. This is like this is the perfect game where guys who are burst, bursting the gut in training but haven't featured in the first few games, you get them out there now against Westmeath, see what they can do. Uh, even still, like you, uh, you might say, oh, uh, with Westmeath's performances in the first few games, where you learn anything, you still will learn something from guys in in a game like that. Just uh, something they might show you uh, small things, but yeah, I, I think that's an important one for for Pat Ryan just to keep squad happy, like and. Um, I, look, I don't see any potential pitfalls there with Westmead. Unfortunately, um, we were hoping they'd build on that draw with Wexford um, in the championship last year and, and you know come out, especially in, in the league. I know they put up a better performance against Wexford in the last league game, but still fell away badly by the end of it. So I think, yeah, Pat Ryan uh, keeps the momentum going, I suppose, to get another win on the board here. And uh, yeah, I think it, it's basically a squad rotation, as you said, Mark. I think as well... It- it's basically an extension of the bye week for Cork. I think the, you know, you're giving them an opportunity to have a right good heavy training block and and still throw, you know, uh, probably a mix of players in and to get the job done. But I think for Westmead, it's the start of a, you know, a daunt in three weeks uh, away to Cork and home to Limerick and Galway last two games. You know, it doesn't get any harder than that, really, does it? Yeah, it doesn't really. To be fair to Westmead, I suppose let's see how Westmead get on here. It will be interesting to see Bo Sang, Declan Dalton as well. Even Sean Toomey as well from University of Limerick. He, I know he was getting a cameo against Galway. Probably get continued minutes here. But I suppose Westmead, Killian Doyle, probably needs to be a little bit more in terms of the forward line unit. But again, it looks an arduous test, doesn't it? Because when you consider it, round four, they entertain Limerick. And then they entertain Galway and Cusick Park, which traditionally hasn't been a great fixture for them. I suppose uh, 1A guys, I think we're calling the Cork beating Westmead here. Yeah. We yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wexford v Clare. Karen? Yeah, I, I, I have to say Claire. I think the you know, Claire obviously gonna be hurting from last year and I think this is the as Rory said, they'll probably start winding things up a bit now, you know, three games left. They have Galway and Cork at home, next two games out, so you know, it's kinda it, it's gonna get harder for the next two weeks. So I think this is a good game to start putting things together and uh I I just think they'll have enough for Claire with we, extra playing without their, their two best forwards. Yeah. Yeah, uh Rory. Yeah, I agree with Kieran. I just think Claire are going to go down there now with a bit more fighting them and probably stung by a bit of criticism as well. 
from the Limerick game too. And there was a lot of it within the county. And rightfully so, because a lot of Clare fans travelled in. And as people said, if we were given a warning as to what kind of a performance or what, what sort of a, a, a tempo they were going to play at and uh, lack of intensity, like people like would not have gone in and forked out 18 euro for like what was basically a tepid performance. So yeah, look, I think there, there's a numerous reasons to suggest that Clare are going to bring a performance down to Wexford. So I think you're going to have to go with them. But if somebody wants to put a bet in the game, I'd say back for a red card in that match. I could just see uh, this time of year, tempers, bit of bad blood between the teams. So, yeah, there's there's my tip for the weekend. Fair enough, Rory. Uh, Galway Limerick, uh, Rory, who do you fancy? Look, a tough one again. Uh, um, it's one of these games that's just in the league is really hard to call. Again, could be could be a bit fiery. Uh, like Galway, again, we're probably going to say they, they want to, to get this win over Limerick now. Um, after last year's, I know they came down and won the Gaelic rounds last year, but there was that red card and all that. So they're probably saying, let's show exactly where we are and come out with another win. Um, again, John Kiley, is he too bothered if they go up there, put in a good show and don't win? I don't know if he is. Probably means more to Shefflin and Galway. And for that reason, I'll just give Galway a nod. But look, this was this is the hardest one to call of the weekend, I think. Yeah, Kieran, what about yourself? Yeah, I fully agree. I think, you know, for Kiley this time of year, he hones in on performance rather than results. Um, obviously, you know, they don't go to lose, they go to win games. But I think once the performance is there, I think he'll be happy. You're, you're not going to see full strength Limerick. You're going to see maybe 70, 75%. I, I think it depends what team, what team Sheffield puts out. You know, does he give the Fitzgibbon guys a break? So in that year, including Nyland, you know, Cannon, uh, TJ Brennan, you know, guys like this who would have played. But I think, yeah, you will. It'll be, nonetheless, regarding the intensity, it'll be a, a physical battle. Uh, I probably would agree, maybe a draw, but I probably would give a slight nudge to Galway, just from a home advantage. Yeah, likewise from Galway, I suppose team selection will be pivotal here. But I think all indications is that the St. Thomas's contingent, if they're back, I think this is going to be a pretty strong lineup. And I think Limerick, you know, as you say, there will be probably lines here which probably won't be playing with each other in the come championship. But it's more, I'd, I would say, I think you're spot on here, Kieran, in terms of performance over result per se here. Again, I would see if quite a few fringe guys getting good game minutes here. I'm even thinking of the likes of Shane O'Brien from Kilmallock. Yola, um, Hulan as well, from Kilmallock as well. I think they'll be starting anyway. So I give a slight hedge of a bet to Galway. Claire, I'd say, if Tony Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, a bit more scoring power uh, against Wexford and Cork against Westmead. I think, fortunately, it could be a long afternoon for Westmead. I think probably a 10, 15 plus point win uh, for Cork. I suppose 1B here, guys, uh, Saturday night. Uh, we have a double header in Crow Park, starting with Dublin versus Tipperary. And I suppose we can go to Tipperary first, guys, because... Players seem to be dropping like flies here from a Tipperary camp perspective. More news here that uh, Kieran Connolly, who I would have probably tipped to feature for Tipperary come championship, is out with a hip injury. Big blow for Liam Cowell and Michael Bevins here, Rory. Yeah, uh, Kieran Connolly, Lockmore, Castellani, and uh, was a DUL Fitzgibbon team last year in midfield. Uh, look, uh, a real tenacious midfielder and uh fight to win ball and you know some uh, a real powerhouse kind of player and um it's going to be a big loss because he definitely would have been in Liam Cahill's plans and it's just another injury on top of injuries for Tipperary uh during the league can you get through it of course you can but I think this is really going to be felt by Tip in the Munster Championship um especially if they're going to be without if some of these guys don't get back off the treatment table um look, looking at last year like 
let's not forget, despite what they're doing in the league, they were basically the wooden spoon of Munster last year. And if you want to pick yourself up from that against what's the most, it's going to be a really competitive championship now with like Claire Limerick again, still vying for, for Munster championship after last year's epic final. You'll have Waterford under Davy, Cork seem to resurgence as well. So uh, I think it's going to buy tip later on in the year. Um, the only thing it does is it does give Liam Cahill a chance to really see what's out there because he's forced to chop and change week and week with players. And when they do get players back later in the year, maybe this, in a way, he's learned more about some guys that he may not have had a chance to have a look at if someone sh- shows up a hand for them. But look, it, it is it is a worry. Um, because of that as well, Dublin going well uh, up in Crow Park. I just kind of maybe think Dublin probably targeting the league as well. Liam Cahill probably learned a bit from last year as well. Um, you know, go well in the league, but, but don't uh, end up flying it like Waterford were. Maybe there's a bit of caution in his approach this year when it comes to the league. So, yeah, I, I think Michael Donoghue really wants Dublin to go well in this league. And if they win this game, they still have, uh, I think it's Leash to play. Kilkenny and Leash. And so, yeah, I, I, Dublin will be right in the shake-up. So I'm going to maybe tip Dublin slightly here. Yeah, Kieran. like if you're looking at the injury list here, it's frightening from a temporary perspective. Gerard Brown gone with a long-term knee injury. Paddy Goodell gone with a knee injury in Nolan Park. Noel Amara, groin, Cahill Barrett, shoulder. Then you couple that with the knee injury to Barry Heffernan and also Craig Morgan as well, who featured in corner back. Squad depth has really been tested here massively for Tipperary and really Crow Park on Saturday. I think this will be a good test for Liam Cal and Michael Bevins and the Tipperary team against a Dublin team who've, let's say, kind of flattered to deceive a little bit, particularly in their performance against Waterford. The Antrim performance in Parnell Park had a few question marks. Tipperary probably going to have to be braced here to, for a bit of a a bit of a reaction here from Dublin. And Michal O'Donoghue, uh, what do you think? Yeah, it was actually, uh, uh, and the injuries, it was a point I was going to make, like, they're not just niggles, you know, they're, they're serious injuries that are, you know, like Carl Barris, you know, like, players are going to rely on, they're all, like, three, four month injuries, um, lucky to get them back for championships, maybe not all, but some back for championship, um, it's, as I said, in one way, it pushes Carl to, to look further down the well, but it's, it's what quality is there come championship, but, yeah, I think Dublin, and Tipper probably in very similar positions. The traditionalist Tipperary fans probably won't like to hear this, but they're both in, a, I suppose, a period of transition. And they're, to me, they're kind of similar in ways. Both teams are very reliant on their talisman, you know, Donald Burke and and Jason Ford, you know, two incredible players. And, you know, I think without either in that team, you know, you, you'd probably worry even more going forward for both teams. But I, I think I agree with Rory. I think Dublin will, this will be one of the games in Crow Park that Dublin will, will probably focus on. I thought they did play well last week in Amster, against Antrim. They, you know, they took their points very well, well from from distance especially. And I think if one piece of work that will be done is, is to focus on closing out games. You know, the Antrim were closer to, to Dublin than they should have been. And uh, I think Michal O'Donnell will, will use, have a stick that, sorry, will use that as a stick to beat him with this week that, um, you know, if they are ahead and if they're in control of a game, that they see out that result uh, and not, not let teams back into it at the death because um, you won't get away with that every week. Absolutely. Those guys, am I getting a hint here? Probably Dublin for both of you? Yeah, just about, for me anyway. And look, for a tip point of view as well, with Donald Burke, uh, like you're looking at who tip are going to face in Munster and you're coming across, let's say, Waterford, Desi Hutchinson, Clare with Tony Kelly and you're saying, have 
chance for Liam Cahill to see who can he have to maybe pick up in the absence of Cahill Barrett, who's going to be your go-to defender here, pop him on Donald Burke and see can he keep him quiet, because uh, Donald Burke has, you know, for the last few years has just been the outstanding talent in the Dublin forward line and very consistent as well. Um, I, I, we spoke last week about how maybe they're too reliant on him. You know, God forbid an injury happens there for Dublin, like they would be in big trouble. So look, it, it is a it is something maybe that, that Liam Cahill might look at and, and test a couple of players there. Um, because if you can keep Donald Burke quiet, like it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good sign. But um, yeah, look, uh, just about Dublin, I think, overall, um, as Kieran alluded to, probably means that bit more to them going into it. A home game in Crow Park, double header with the footballers. And uh, yeah, they'd like to get that win. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Rory. I, I, like, looking at it this evening, I would have had uh, very little between the two teams, but I just had a look at the bookies odds and... Tipperary are clear favourites, four to eleven, and Dublin eleven to four, which surprised me really. And I think if you're looking for a value bet for the weekend, um, I think Dublin eleven to four in in, in Crow Park, you wouldn't be too bad. Um, for you, Karen, Dublin or tip on Saturday night? I think it's 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 one of these games. It's probably, it's going to be similar to Galway, Kenny or Galway and, and uh, Limerick. Hard to call. I I think you know. In Cal has come in, he tip have improved, you know, in, in, in all sorts of aspects. Yes, there is an injury crisis, but there is some quality players there. I would probably head to the Tipperary. I think Cal will want to keep the run going. He needs to get support back in the team. And I think consistency is what, you know, they need. And uh, I'll just, I'll just uh, edge at the tip, but I think it'll be a close game. I don't think there'll be much in it. Yeah, likewise. I think it's going to be an entertaining game in Crow Park with the doubleheader with the double footballers, obviously, to follow. Also, Brian Hogan. The Laura Dora goalkeeper has emigrated to Australia as well. So that's another personnel loss for Tipperary here as well, which I think could be quite key in terms of poke out distributions and shot stopping and all that good stuff. I think for me, I'm going to just give a marginal vote here to Tipperary. I think they're in good form at the moment. I just worry for Dublin a little bit in terms of how they've we've talked about players being in and out of games. I think Dublin really do tick the box in terms of that. It'll be interesting just to see how they really combat that last quarter collapse really because it did have a collapse against Antrim particularly in the last 10 minutes so I think uh, for me it's probably temporary by probably three or four points I suppose the other games won't be here guys Waterford versus Antrim Leach versus Kilkenny any thoughts there Kieran? I think for for Waterford I think the focus would be to keep 15 men in the field based on the first two games they've had you know three red cards it's not a, a trend they want to keep going I don't think you know I think a win for Wall we'll, we'll we'll see him probably contesting at the latter stages of the league. You know, bigger tests ahead though, just go to Turles, play Tipperary and uh Nolan Park play Kilkenny the last two games. So, you know, I think they've Waterford have probably had the advantage of, of ramping up game by game. They have impressed, you know, I think especially um up front, you know, certain players doing really well. I suppose as Rory alluded to earlier, it'd be interesting to see where Mikey Kiley will be positioned come championship, will he be Put in front of the goal where he possibly should be left, or you know, as we know, Davy likes players running from deep, uh, running up and down the field. So Davy can use this game to, you know, again, we might see a little bit more uh, dilution with you know experience with 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 youth. But uh, I think yeah, for me, it's 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 probably a game you you couldn't see past Waterford for. Um, I said bigger test to come. I think for for Antrim. Just to I suppose bring it on again from the Dublin game, improve on their on their shot selection and uh, the wide count. You know I think it'd probably be the what was the, what they'd probably work on for this week. But you know it's hard to see past past Waterford. 
Yeah, Rory, bring in there in terms of Watford Antrim. Any hope for Antrim here? Yeah, well, look, this game means more to Antrim, really, because we've said this before, that they, they've had a habit sometimes of you know, playing really well up in Carrigan Park and then maybe going down to somewhere like Waterford and not delivering a performance. Um, so, look, I, I think Waterford or uh, Antrim need to show a bit of consistency now. Um, they gave a good performance against Kilkenny, uh, ran them quite close, same up in Parnell Park in Southern, they've been really competitive. And what they don't want now is to go down and end up in a situation where they're, you know, beaten heavily. So... Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Waterford and Antrim, you know, it might be a, a tight enough one as well. Hard to see past Waterford winning it. But again, Antrim, I presume, uh, we mentioned about John Kiley and performance. Antrim are looking for a performance here and a bit of consistency and being competitive right into the la- latter stages of the game. And I suppose Leash versus Kilkenny, uh, Moore Park. Leash have had a tough start to 1B. Kilkenny coming off the back of a loss to Tipperary in the last round. Any hope here for Leash to pull an upset against their Midland neighbours? No, uh, Rory. Um, can't see it happening, no. And uh, look to something I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Leash had a very good under-20 team last year. They have talent around that age. I just hope that a lot of these guys are, are you know, breaking into the team right now during the league. Um, talking about a team in transition, Leash are definitely one of them. Um, even their, uh, our fresher two captain, Ueli and Shanahan, they started midfield for Leash the last day. Uh, great to see him, you know, getting in there, get starting the league game, but you're just hoping that they start to like be, you know, I, I know they're competitive for a while against Waterford, against the 14 men, but fell away really poorly. So from a management point of view, you'd be hoping that they'd be competitive for that longer stretch here. You know, look, from a leash point of view, playing against Kilkenny in a Moore Park, it, it's a great test for them and great test to bring on these younger guys, but you just hope it doesn't become, you know, a bad beating and a bit demoralising as opposed to, uh, you know, an uplifting thing where they're getting, where they're improving week by week. Yeah, look, I think Leash were better the last day, but, you know, look, in truth, there's a, a huge gulf between what Leash, where they are at and where the top teams are at. You know, you, you put them in there with Westmead, you probably put them in Westmead and, and down to teams in 2A, they're, I think that that's the level they should be playing with. Um, I think for Kilkenny, it's a chance to probably, I suppose, continue on working with the, the game plan uh, the manager want to bring in and the, the shorter game. I suppose they'd be looking for a performance, a better performance, and I suppose reduce the error count and uh, you know improving the handle skills. And I suppose and another question: Will we see some of the Ballyhale guys coming back in? You know, week three, only two games left in the league after this week, and you know I think this is the stage you now where we see teams and management starting to ramp up a bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two of the Ballyhale guys come back in. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Thinks the likes of Richie Reid, probably Derek Cochran as well. Maybe TJ being left out maybe until the end. Because I do see the block of fixtures here for Kilkenny straight after uh, Leash here. Uh, they entertain Dublin on the 12th. And then they travel to Walsh Park in Waterford on the 19th. So maybe we see TJ Reid featuring maybe in one of those games at the end. But uh, yeah, I suppose, guys, what I'm hearing is probably a big win for Kilkenny here in Omar Park. Yeah, unfortunately, it's hard to see any other way. Um, you, like you, as a, a, I don't mean unfortunate for probably anyone's view, but we just want to see counties like Leash being a bit more competitive. Like looking a few years ago, where they beat Dublin, and you'd Paddy Purcell, Ross King, and the, you know these guys, and it looked like you know Leash were at that stage where you know they might start to claw and close the gap, whereas it's the likes of Antrim who've actually been making more progress. And you're just hoping that, as, as I mentioned, this good crop of players they have coming through. Um, do make Leash a stronger force and they don't end up slipping back down to Division 2 and being, you know, kind of uh, 
you know that a team that like are on the on the decline rather than you know maybe taking a year or two to adjust and just being competitive again that's the thing with Leash, there is good players in that starting 15 you know you said parcel you know thomas keys as well they're like they're there's good players there, and we saw it the year that Eddie Brennan was in charge. You know they were you know, really really strong 15, and I think it's probably what's going on in the background is probably the root cause of the downfall. And you know I think the plummet will just continue unless uh, some sort of intervention. Because I think really Bill Maher, he shouldn't really be evaluated this year. I think it's next year because he needs to run the rule over an awful lot of more players within Leash, particularly in the senior hurling championships, intermediate and junior. Because there's plenty of talent within Leash, but I think there's just been a complete disconnect with certain clubs with the county. And I mean, unless Bill Maher can basically bridge that gap, I think there's still, as you say, um, worse could be to come here for Leash. So I think uh, hopefully uh, Leash put in a performance. I mean, Ender Roland as well in goal is a magnificent uh, keeper here. You know, great free taker. So likes of uh, Mar Milani came in with 2-2 last week. Uh, against Waterford as well so it's not as if they don't have talent and I think the under 20s from last year hopefully we see more underage talent coming through Leash and getting that pathway into the seniors but I think Bill Maher has a tough job in his hands there I suppose before we go here guys two kind of temporary kind of side notes here the first is the the breaking news there in terms of the passing of Mick Burns of Nina being an outstanding player back in the late 50s and 60s he won five All-Ireland all-Ireland, seven Munster Senior Hurling titles, featuring eight All-Ireland Hurling finals. I know my father would talk very openly and wax lyrically about Mick Burns, so condolences to Nina and also Mick Burns' family. And I suppose John O'Dwyer, Kinnan All Bubbles, is uh, retired as well. That's, uh, I suppose, your overall reaction to the news and uh, magnificent hurler in his prime, uh, Kieran. I thought he retired years ago. Um, yeah, it looks silky hands. I suppose maybe maybe lacked a little bit of self-discipline. He probably could have had a better career than he had, but you know, you can't take it away from him. He was a super, super player. And you know, Tip Rayer accounted to produce these type of players and, and, and will continue to, but yeah, he's probably he'll go down as one of a one of a kind Tip Rayer, you know. Absolutely. Rory uh Bubbles Adwire, you know, in his prime there, these two all Irelands for Tipperary Seniors, one All-Star as well, being a guy in the height of his powers back uh, back in the day. Oh, yeah, look, a tremendous sticks, man, as I say, like just a beautiful striker, the ball. And uh, when Tip were going well with bubbles inside, like he, you know, the crowd are reacting to him as well. And uh, yeah, look, uh, I know what Kieran is saying, that there probably was maybe more in him, um, in, considering what a natural talent he was. And uh, look, he... he he can't argue with with the medals he has, and wasn't was a major part of that Tip team as well. And look, when Tip were when you had Kelnan, Bubbles, Firing, and Bonner Maher, like they were a serious forward line for any team to counter. So look, uh, yeah, uh, with Kieran as well, with the fact he didn't really feature last year as well, you were kind of wondering uh, where was he. But I suppose with the official retirement now, you know, at the same time, it, you know, when, when you think back, like you do remember like fondly some of the performances he had. And uh, when he was on song, like he was just a really difficult opponent to mark. Absolutely, no, magnificent hurler. Uh, I mean, you consider his wing forward performances, the likes of Bonnermar as well, just formidable. Noel McGrath as well, formidable line there, you know, and he would chip in with his four or five points from play, you know, such a risky hurler as well. So, you know, eye for goal as well. 
So, I mean, still continue to play his club hurling with Killen All, uh, but, I mean, magnificent servant for Tipperary and there's a few uh, Lee McCarthy medals uh, in the back pocket. So, all the best for uh, John O'Dwyer in his retirement from Intercounty. I suppose, guys, what I forgot was the 2A uh, division as well. Uh, Kerry versus Offaly, Derry versus Kildare, Carlo versus Down. Can I get some quick predictions from me on those games? Maybe Kerry Offaly first on Saturday, uh, Rory? Yeah, probably tied around. Uh, we'll go Kerry at home. They're going well. They had a good campaign last year. Um, I say uh, Malumphy's getting a lot of buy in there below, and we know that there's strong senior teams in Kerry. So um, if he's getting the tune out of, and they're all pulling together a bit like, as we said, Leash may not be, but I think Kerry seems to be all pulling together at the minute. And yeah, they, they'll fancy this as a good scallop down in Austin Stack Park. And you'd have to, you know, uh, I'm going to give them a, a slight edge in this one. Absolutely, Karen. Kerry Offley? I'm going to disagree with Rory on that one. Uh, I think Kerry have been, yeah, look, they're unbeaten today for two games, and this is probably the, the tie of their own, but, you know, don't forget, still the league. I think Kerry have bigger fish to fry later on in the summer. Uh, I, I just fancy Offley to come down. I think they're obviously in form as well, and probably have a bit more to prove. I think Malumphy, the pressure is on Malumphy, I think, this year. I think, you know, they, they've been the rise men the last few years. I think they need to take the final step, so... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big scalp, but I think I'm going to go with Offaly. I think for Kerry, you know, not a lot of the red tape in terms of if they did progress from Joe McDonough has been resolved now. They do have a pathway to Liam McCarthy in the championship. So I think that puts more pressure on Stephen Lumphy and the Kerry team here to really perform in the latter stages of Joe McDonough. I'm going to tip Offaly here because uh, even after a shaky start against Derry, there did seem to be nice cohesion there for Offaly, particularly in that second third quarter. Own Cahill coming in, really steadied the ship. And I, I just think with Kerry, you know, it's probably a work in progress, probably come championship, they will be a formidable force. But I think for right now, I think Offaly have more to prove to get back up into the Division uh, 1 league. So I'm going Offaly for me. Um, Derry versus Kildare, I suppose the story here is two forwards here, James Burke and James Friel. Kildare riding very high at the moment. Uh, do we fancy Kildare for a win against Derry? I think Hacker. so, yeah. I, yeah, I, think, I think you do, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll go kill there, there. Like Derry, like you're looking at Schlock Neil, but a lot of the Schlock Neil's best hurlers are are footballers as well, like you know Rogers, guys like that. So like Derry don't have their strongest 15 hurlers on the pitch in any one time due to football commitment. So yeah, and Kildare, we're saying they're they're uh, probably the form team in Division Two right now. So yeah, we'll go Kildare. Yeah, Derry have shipped a few heavy losses so far. Opening day, they lost to Kerry at home, two twenty-two to fourteen points. And again, as I said, good start against Offaly, but then eventually were kind of overtaken pretty emphatically by Offaly. Yeah, I'd go with Kildare here. I think there's a nice hurling program being built here in Kildare and really would set it up very well for the latter round. So I would go Kildare as well. And then Carlo versus Down, I suppose, uh, memory from 12 months ago, there was a bit of consternation in Ballygrand between these two teams. I suppose there should be a spicy affair in Netwatch. Cullen Park here, uh, Rory, who would you fancy here between... Carlo and Down. I think both teams probably needing the result here to keep their league aspirations on track. Yeah, and look, Carlo were a team that a few years ago we had Leinster Club champions, Mount, Mount Leinster Rangers, and uh, like things were looking up for Carlo, but they seem to be kind of falling off the radar a bit. And if they go into this with another defeat and have lost three out of three, it'd be a terrible start. And they'll be looking over their shoulders of getting relegated down a division, which you, you'd have thought would have been unheard of a couple of years ago. So this is a huge game. Uh, down are a decent team as well and they were kind of unlucky in both their games two narrow defeats uh, one against 
awfully and uh, against Kerry, wasn't it, the last day? Yeah, look, so down will be looking here coming down and, and after last year, there's, again, bad blood here. So there's my other tip. If you're looking for another red card, maybe throw a bit of money in this game. But uh, who will come out of it? Uh, I'm going to throw down in there for an away win. Yeah, Kieran. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think you can only compare Carlo to um to Leash, you know, downfall. Like it, 2018, Carlo were high and flying. Remember Limerick played them in a in a qualifier game in Carlo, um, and they, they weren't a bad team at the time. But yeah, I think I'm just going to edge them on home advantage alone. I think it's going to edge them because I do agree that you know another loss here just staring down the just staring down the barrel at a, a, releg- a relegation to to be. There's not much between these two sides historically, and I think Paul Sheen for Down has been very prominent so far this season. Like, they have run awfully close uh, in the opening round, lost by three points, and they were pipped at the post by Kildare uh, in round two uh, in Hawkfield COE. So I think from that perspective, there's good form line coming in. But I was also impressed by Carlo, down to 14 players for a good chunk of that second half against Kerry and gave Kerry a good match. So I'd probably hedge a bet here and probably say a draw. Because I think both teams will not want to lose this match, given the backdrop to this from 12 months prior. I suppose, guys, we'll leave it there. Uh, lengthy one. Uh, many thanks, Karen and Rory, for the contributions, as always. I suppose next week we can have a look at round three. I know there's another bye week. I don't know what we'll do the following weekend. But uh, until then, guys, have a great weekend. And sure, we'll chat next week. Thanks, Mark. Yes, thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.